0: It's time for the Two O'Clock Show. Featuring
1: Matthew Clock, Tim Clock.
0: Welcome back to the Two O'Clock Show. We're glad that you could be with us. We're glad that we could be with you. And, well, in a matter of speaking, we're not actually together, but you know what I
1: mean. As far as you know.
0: True, true. We do have our ways. And we, we appreciate the fact that you are joining us again, if indeed you are joining us again. And we are amazed by that fact. If this is your first time hearing our podcast, we welcome you. And oh, our, boy, you're in for it. Our condolences. And there are many more before this, which uh, you're welcome to check out. This is our 11th podcast, episode 11 today. This program is brought to you in part by... Tim's Appliance Repair, since 1961. When you need an appliance repaired, bring it to us and we guarantee it'll need repaired.
1: And now for a public service announcement on behalf of Obadiah Perkins, our Program Director. Today is National Pencil Appreciation Day. The ancient Romans first used a stylus made out of metal, and marked it on papyrus. Styluses
0: later were made of lead. That's why we still to this day call the core of a pencil a lead, although we now use non-toxic graphite.
1: In the year 1564, a large graphite deposit was discovered in Barrowdale, England. It was darker than lead, but soft and brittle, and needed a holder. It was first wrapped in string, and later graphite inserted into hollowed-out wooden sticks were used, and thus the pencil was born.
0: Pencils were first mass-produced in Nuremberg, Germany,
1: in 1662. Early settlers in America depended on pencils, but the war with England cut off their imports. A cabinet maker from Concord,
0: Massachusetts, named William Monroe, made America's first wooden pencils in 1812. We hope that you are illuminated now concerning the pencil, and I know I have a much greater appreciation for pencils on this National Pencil Appreciation Day. Well, today, in keeping with our our tradition of having interviews, we're going to have our long-awaited interview with an actual leprechaun. We had previous interviews with the Loch Ness Monster and the Garden Gnome, for instance, and back a bit, we did promise you that we would have an interview with a leprechaun and it just so happens that uh, a leprechaun has graced our presence today with his appearance and we're going to have a an in-depth interview with an actual real leprechaun come on in sir have a seat
2: I thank you son
0: Alrighty. now for starters what is your name do i i assume leprechauns have individual names like we do
2: why sure I do. My name's Seamus O'Clery. Seamus
0: O'Clery, Very good. Very good. What exactly is a leprechaun?
2: A leprechaun comes from the Irish leprechaun in, in the fairy family, but we're male. The fairies themselves are all female.
0: Hmm. If you don't mind my asking, how,
1: how old are you?
2: Well... But you reckon that I would be six thousand years old.
1: Six thousand? So does that mean you survived the flood?
2: Well, it's kind of a tricky one. Uh, well, between you and me, we kinda, we kinda snuck aboard, and nobody knew. <laughs>
0: oh, that's that's interesting. So that kind of leads me to another question: Do
1: leprechauns die?
2: Uh no, not yet. None have it so so far as we know.
1: Is it true that leprechauns grant wishes?
2: Ah, uh, no, no, uh, don't be telling anybody that. But we don't, uh, we've told people that in the past just to to get away. We have been caught on rare occasions and, and we promised people, you know, a crock of gold and that sort of thing. But but no, no, we don't, uh, I wish we could. <laughs> I wish, you get it, that's, that's funny.
1: Would you say leprechauns are good or bad are, Do they play tricks like you see in the movies? Are you magical at all?
2: Well, you have to be looking at it this way. Is a shark good or bad? Is a snake good or bad? It all kind of depends on your point of view. We don't like to think of ourselves as evil, but we do like to play tricks every now and again to keep you humans on your toes and have a wee bit of crack. And that means fun for those of you who don't be speaking Irish. I'm sorry. Crack means something quite different here in the States. Um, As far as being magical, I wouldn't be saying that we're magical, but but we do have abilities uh, that you don't have. For instance, we can travel interdimensionally, which is kind of hard to explain, but we can't really give out too much information about that.
1: Alrighty, that was interesting. Um, Do you have friends with any other creatures similar to yourself?
2: Aye, sure, sure, sure. We're we're good friends with lots of creatures— hobgoblins, trolls, gnomes, fairies, pixies, all the like, like that. And we uh, we especially have really good uh, friendships with the gnomes.
1: Yes, we've heard, we've heard about that. We had um, Aster on here. Well, he goes by Doug, as he said. Um, he's the one that set this up, didn't he?
2: Sure, sure. We we got together way back, and he uh, he asked me would I be coming down and doing a an interview, which is all. And uh, I said, yeah, sure, so long as we don't have to be giving out too much secret information, you know. It's tough being the wee folk because we're exploited by you humans, and no offense, but uh, especially, you know, people in the science and military community tend to want to wanna exploit us. And so we have to be kind of leery of humans.
1: Well, I can imagine if you can jump between dimensions.
2: Now, we, we noticed that you're not wearing
0: what we would kind of picture a leprechaun as we notice you're not wearing green you don't have a top hat and a coat and a vest and all those kind of you know little button shoes and all that why why is that
2: well we have tried to keep up with the times as much as we can you're talking about dress from like the 1700s and that was fine you know back then but for crying out loud we can't be traveling around in a three-piece suit and top hat and so you know these days and so we try to just be comfortable. We, we just wear whatever feels comfortable at the time and would c- according to the weather.
1: Do leprechauns really make shoes, I wonder?
2: Uh, we used to. We used to back in the day. Uh, but now so many people make shoes, it's, it's kind of pointless. We have people everywhere making shoes. And back then, shoes were hard to come by and expensive. And so we kind of did people a favor by making shoes and, and providing shoes, especially for children who didn't have any. And And now it's just, You know there's too many people doing it so so we do other things now are the
0: representations that we we understand of leprechauns accurate already you know we we notice that you're not wearing the the traditional leprechaun clothes that how we would think of it But, but do the representations that we see in movies and art and those kind of things books are they at
2: all accurate well, very few of us actually drink, and uh, but we do love music. We love to be having some crack, and you know, like I say, we don't we don't always wear green. It just kind of depends, and um, they're fairly accurate. But you know, we don't we don't just go around pushing cereal on children and stuff. You know, what's it's fairly fairly accurate.
0: Hmm. Are there more leprechauns here in the United States or in Ireland?
2: We that's about the same, about the same. We have uh, maybe a few more here now than in Ireland.
0: Why is that? I mean, when we think of, of leprechauns, we, you know, associate that with Ireland, you know, from what we understand. Why are there more of you here than in your original homeland?
2: We're just kind of ignored there. They They have so many other little beings and creatures living there. They pay more attention to them, and we're just kind of a, kind of a... I don't know, just kind of a mascot or a trademark or something like that. And, uh, which is fine, you know, but, but we like to live here. There's more open land and, and, uh, we have more chances to just be ourselves. And uh, we do travel back to the homeland quite a bit. You know, we have our get togethers, you know, several times a year. So, you know, there's that.
1: Is it discouraging that most people don't believe leprechauns even exist?
2: No, not at all. Not at all. We actually kind of appreciate the fact that nobody believes in us because then people aren't looking for us. If people knew that we exist, well, we do now, thanks to you guys. But uh, if more people believed that we existed, then they would hunt us. The same thing with the gnomes. They try to remain hidden. They don't like the attention. They don't like to be hunted and exploited. So so we, we kind of appreciate the fact that uh, most people don't believe in us. Do leprechauns try to help humans oh uh, we we do from time to time, but you humans are kind of a hard-headed lot, really. I' uh, no offense again, but so many of you you don't listen, you know we try to we try to help and kind of steer you the right way, and so many times you know people just don't want to listen there there are a few that do, but we just try to stay out of the way, we try to help occasionally, but try not to interfere too much with with humans.
0: Well, we thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you taking time out of your your busy day and and your travels to come with us and answer questions for our listeners, and, and uh, we appreciate you being here. Um, for our listeners, we do have a Facebook page. It's The Two O'Clock Show, and it's spelled just like our podcast. It's two, number two, the two o'clock, and it's capital O apostrophe K-L-O-C-K the two o'clock show, and you're welcome to look at it. We, we encourage you to. We try to post photographs and different things like that. Uh, you can ask questions. You can post comments, all that sort of thing. And we would welcome that. Uh, we, we'd love to have visitors on there. We've had a few, but well, not a whole lot, but we would love to have more. And uh, if you'd like to leave questions or comments for Seamus, uh, we'll get those to him as soon as we can and uh we thank you once again for being here
2: what well, i i want to be thanking you for letting me on people still don't think i'm i'm real they can't see me so they probably think i'm just a fake anyways but but uh but i i thank you for letting me get to come visit all righty
0: well thank you again for being here and uh yeah the door's right there
1: okay we'll, we'll see you later This episode has been brought to you by Mike's Custom-Built Guitars. If you want a custom guitar, contact Mike. His number is 7.
0: And now for Invention of the Week. This week's invention is Portable Lightning. And we have the inventor of Portable Lightning, Mr. Wilbur Scadflat, with us today. And we're going to interview him concerning his Portable Lightning machines he's invented. Come on in, Mr. Scadflat. Have a seat. Oh, yes. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. All righty, Mr. Scadflat. So what, what led you to invent a lightning machine, a portable lightning machine?
3: Well, one day I was just looking outside at the cloud, and I thought there's significantly less lightning than I would like to be seeing. Hmm.
0: So, you took it upon yourself to create lightning, so people could see it and enjoy more lightning.
3: Well, it's more like, so you can crank this machine and at some point, randomly, there will be lightning. Hmm. You can point it at your enemies and crank it and they'll be left in suspense as you can just continue to crank this bad boy up and eventually, boom, they're gone.
0: So, what are the advantages or or applications of having a portable lightning
3: machine? Well, one of the advantages I can think of off the bat is having more lightning. You can never have too much lightning. And on an application, uh, besides the one I just gave, is you can apply lightning. Okay.
0: Well, now you mentioned something about as a weapon. Can the portable lightning machine be aimed? Can it be actually used as a weapon?
3: Oh, well, weapon is such a hard, uh, harsh word. Uh, I like to think of it more as applying static electricity in vast quantities and letting nature take its course.
0: Now, I notice you've been, been turning that little crank the whole time we've been, been visiting. Um, how how exactly does this machine work? Well, you know
3: when you shuffle on the carpet and build up static electricity and you poke someone and zap them and it's really funny?
0: Mm-hmm. I did that all the time growing up. In fact, I, I still do it whenever I'm, I'm on carpet.
3: I thought, what if I make a machine that can do that, but like a million times more powerful?
0: Hmm. I can see how that would work. So, um, are you going to demonstrate? Uh, I I, know, I realize our listeners can't see your your machine. We can only describe it, but um, it reminds me of those those old-fashioned um, jack-in-the-boxes. You would crank it. You turn the little handle and and so forth. It's not really a whole lot bigger than one of those. Um, yes, uh,
3: a little little fun thing I've taken to calling it is the Tesla coil in a box. You never know when it's going to strike, you just keep cranking it. This is really suspense suspenseful. It's static and suspense suspenseful in fact, at any time.
0: The following program is brought to you in part by Emily Majib's Edible Plastic. You can bring Emily Majib's edible plastic with you on picnics and have nothing left behind. No trash, no pollution. Just eat your containers after your picnic.
3: I'm helping the
0: environment! Welcome to Guess That Sound. Now, what we do is we play a sound and our listeners try to guess what it is. They call in and they try to guess what that sound is. The winner of today's game wins an entire set of Emily Majib's edible plastic containers. So we're going to play the sound now and then you can call in, our boards already lighting up, you can call in and see if you can guess that sound correctly. So here is today's sound. Okay, we'll go to line one. Go ahead, uh, welcome to the two o'clock show. What do you think that sound was? Your mother. Uh, not exactly, not exactly. Uh, let's go to line two. Thank you for calling the two o'clock show. Uh, what do you think that sound was?
3: Your grandmother. <laughs>
0: Okay, uh, not, not quite, not quite. Uh, thanks for calling. Let's go to line 3, welcome to the 2 o'clock show. What do you think that sound was?
3: Was that a flying squirrel missing its mark?
0: Uh, no. Sorry, sorry, but try again next time. Okay, let's go to line 4, welcome to the 2 o'clock show. What do you think that sound was?
3: Uh, uh this, this pizza?
0: Are you gotta be kidding me. Again? Look, mister, we have a similar number, but we are not Louis Pizza. You'll have to check your phone book or, or something like that, but uh, we are not Louis Pizza. Okay, let's go to line five. Uh, welcome to the two o'clock show. What do you think that sound was? It was the proverbial bird of paradise. Uh, no. No, close, but uh sorry. Okay, let's go to line six. Welcome to the two o'clock show. Uh what do you think that sound was? The great grandmother. How does the guy keep calling in? I don't understand. Okay, I must not have anything better to do. Okay, let's go to line seven. Line seven, welcome to the two o'clock show. Uh what do you think that sound was?
3: uh no
0: close but sorry sorry try try again sometime and we have uh let's go to line eight this is our last chance to get a caller correctly hopefully they will get it this time welcome to the two o'clock show this is guess that sound what do you think that sound was uh somebody slapping somebody with a banana amazing amazing somebody actually got it right that was somebody being slapped with a banana. Amazing. Somebody was, was really listening out there. That is amazing. Well, it is that time once again for our famous outro. We, we appreciate you listening to our program. And again, if this is your first time, our condolences. If this is not your first time, we are absolutely amazed. And uh, what's this? Oh, somebody just handed me a note here. Let me read it real quick. It says, Jimmy Stewart is out in the, the hall and wants to come do our outro for our program.
1: The actual Jimmy Stewart? Not Jimmy Blewart again? It says Jimmy Stewart. I swear if
0: it's Jimmy Blewart again, I don't know what I'm going to do. Okay, uh, why don't you open the door there, Larry? Okay, come on in, sir. Um... Okay, here is uh, Jimmy Stewart doing our outro. Okay, take it away, Jimmy. Sure, this is Jimmy Stewart. Hold on, hold on. You you don't even sound like, you're not Jimmy Stewart. You know what, Jimmy Stewart's dead. Who is
1: this, who keeps letting these people in our office? I don't understand this. The better question is, why did we think Jimmy Stewart was going to be on the show if we knew he was dead? True, true.
0: I guess guess we're we're global sometimes.
1: Anyway, yeah, Larry, uh,
0: Larry, why don't you just escort this guy out? I don't know. Make sure make sure that guy's out there guarding the door this time. Wow, this is amazing. Anyway, we thank you for listening to our program, and we hope that uh, it brought a little bit of entertainment for your day and get your mind off all the craziness in this world going on and. And again, we, we invite you to check out our, our Facebook page, the two o'clock show on Facebook. And, uh, we would love to have your comments, any suggestions, all that sort of thing. Uh, we'd love to hear where you're listening from. And, um,
1: so now what do we do? Now we end the podcast. Cause so we're good at this. We're professionals. Yes. Bye. Y- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh